Previously on Black Creative Healing. We've been socialized to forget that we are more than ourselves, right? A lot of healing happens in community where, where, where we, we hold each other. We lean into the wisdom of being together. Because in those moments, we see each other in our full joy. We see each other in our full beings. Find what you need. Natasha here. We are heading into the final part, part four of our Healing Justice in Music Therapy conversation. Um, This was held March 30th um, as a uh, semi-public conversation between Myself, Ednike, Marisol Norris, and Nsamu Munga, so a collective of Black music therapists talking about the construct of healing justice, and it was attended by members of our Patreon space and our um, continuing education space, the Healing Justice in Music Therapy course that's hosted by the Black Music Therapy Network, um, and by members of our Black community um, inside our free um, Discord space. So we are going to be transitioning from this conversation about healing happening in community, not even really transitioning, but deepening that conversation and looking specifically into the profession of music therapy. We're going to call out, um, you're going to hear Marisol dive directly into this discussion of dissonance. She's sort of alluded to it earlier, and we've talked about the dissonance ritual that we're going to be hosting um, as Black Creative Healing later in the summer. So we highly encourage you, you know, as you continue to sit with this concept of dissonance and the profession of music therapy's difficulty with that construct, um, that you think maybe to ask yourself some questions about how you hold dissonance Um how you hold conflict in your body, how you view it in your mind, how it comes out in your actions and choices, and consider joining us for the um, dissonance ritual that'll be happening in August. Um, Also be aware that after this episode, um, we're probably going to have one more one or two more um, reflections from Adnike and I. And then the podcast is going to take a little break for the summer. We're going to shift our focus to the events that we've been holding in our community spaces. So those events are going to be made available inside our Black-only spaces, as well as in our Patreon space. And then there will be some that you can sort of um, drop into. There'll be drop-in rates for folks who are not quite sure if you want to commit to the Patreon space yet, and you want to just try on an event, see how it feels. Um, We've been polling our community and getting some feedback on the 
types of events that we'll be offering. So there's going to be some crafting types of events, and there's going to be some ritual types of events, opportunities to sort of gather and sit with concepts and and feel our way through them in creative ways. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, the website, blackcreativehealing.com, is going to continue to sort of be the hub for everything. But on any of our social media pages, on Instagram at Black Creative Healing or Twitter at Black Creative HG, there's also a bio link that has... Um, updated links to our Eventbrite page and other spaces where we're frequently updating information as well. So stay tuned and, uh, you know, stay close. Just because the podcast might be taking a little break over the summer, it doesn't mean we're going away. So um, we hope to be able to stay connected to folks as we continue to process all of these deep, deep constructs of healing justice and all the ways it's showing up in all our lives, whether you're inside the profession of music therapy or not. But that said, we hope you enjoy the conclusion of this conversation with Marisol Norris and Insamu Munga on healing justice in music therapy. I'm going to speak specifically of music therapy as a profession, but when I think about music therapy, and some of the challenges that we fe- we experience and we face, I oftentimes just think it's very bizarre for me for a group of musicians that can't tolerate dissonance. Like mm. it makes no sense. Mm. Like mm. this is it. Like when we have conflict and tension, it's something that's replicated in the music, and we are expected to hold it and be with it and actually like feel comfortable in that space as needed, right? And for me to be able to say that I'm with a group of musicians that cannot handle dissonance, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow because it actually makes me feel like, what have we, what are we actually doing and what are we passing on, right? And then, but, but then also when I think about some of the, the people that I work with in different groups, right now I'm doing a, I'm, I'm facilitating and guiding a songwriting group and the amount of dissonance that exists within those spaces, dissonance in thoughts, different dissonance in feelings towards each other, and then being able to hold it through the music and then still smile at the end of the space if needed, <laughs> as needed. Like that reality comes from the act of music making. And, and I'm like, I'm so I'm thinking about that cognitive dissonance that we even have right now talking about some of these things, those realities, like the whys, like how could someone completely dehumanize me and still I know I'm fully human and then more than <laughs> like, I was, re- I was watching something yesterday and someone's like, you know, how is the black woman God in all these different ways? And I was just like, that's, that, that, that's a, like, they're like, they couldn't find the word, they couldn't say God, so they said magic, <laughs> right? And so, so, so it's like thinking about all the different ways in which people, you know, are able to hold those multiple realities in a space and and be able to be fully, fully healed. You know, I think that there's something about that, about, you know, and the work that we do and the liminality that exists within that that needs to be, that continues to be, needs to be um, amplified. And somehow... (laughs) Just to bring the idea of Carl Jung, I, I think he he learned of the work of growing up being not so much of the, resol- the resolution of tension, but the holding of tension. Mm-hmm. So, and again, back to Victor Turner, when, when he's talking about this liminal space, in the liminal space, in these initiatory rituals we're we're not taught we're not taught to avoid pain rather <laughs> rather we're taught to to go towards the pain and 
and hold the tension of that pain. This is not masochism. This is not. Uh, this is just. This is not intentionally looking out for pain and struggle and and all of that. But there's something about leaning into the pain and knowing knowing that my existence here is not going to come to that blissful end. That but the the learning of of being an adult in part is is about exactly what you're saying, Marisol, about holding the tension and and being aware that I'm holding the tension here. Being being a parent is about holding the tensions. I, I, I can't hold, I, I can't just stop, but imagine at the moment, you know, my, my mother passed in 2016 and my, my dad passed last year. And, and at the end of last year, 2022, my sister was diagnosed with stage two cervical cancer, right? And, and, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest in in my row of siblings, and there's there's four of us alive, and five have passed away over the last twenty years. I, I'm saying this just to paint a picture that I've had in the last four months to really yeah. confront confront the reality of being an elder, mm -hmm. and. And a lot, a lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot, a lot of struggle has come with that sense of being an elder. And one of one of which is just walking, walking towards issues that are confronting me by virtue of being an elder. Mm -hmm. You know, being a sister to somebody who who has just been diagnosed with cancer. And literally being with her at the hospital as she's going through these tests she's, she's my firstborn sister and so she's way older than i am and some people think she's my mother so that's the that's the situation but i'm there and i said to myself in those moments this is what i need to do now as an elder as a brother this is what this is what it actually means to be brother you know and and there are those moments, and 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 that's very very painful. Getting into that space of the the easiest way is to look aside, to look away, and pretend the world is different. But the world is not different from this invitation right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. As you were both sharing, it. So what came up for me was um, when you're talking, Marisol, about dissonance and how we sometimes avoid it. I think maybe in some ways our our, our training <laughs> encourages us to avoid it. You know, as I know my experience as a music therapist, certainly beginning as a beginning music therapist, was make everything nice. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you five one at the end, you always perfect cadence at the end. You know, mm -hmm. so you wrap it up, but um. But listening to you and 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 Samu talk, it it occurs to me that that feels like a very, I won't say immature, but a young thing, like an early developmental sort of thing. And I think of myself as a child and my 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 family, and you know, growing up with like my parents getting divorced when I was really little, you know, and just rest, you know, dealing with the idea of um 
anger that came up or or not having both parents at the same time when I wanted them and feeling different from from my peers who had both parents and wanting everything to be neat and tidy you know like there is the perfect family there is the perfect there's no anger no resentment that somebody's not here and and then Samba when you talk about like you know you have to lean into the pain it it, it makes me think like that it like you say like that is that is a call to the the call of, of being more adult, I guess. For me, it sounds like it, it's a call to be fully present, like fully acknowledge what is happening, what I'm experiencing, what has come before, what is, what is yet. Like being fully present. And that's kind of overwhelming in a way, you know, when I think about the fully present. But it like you said, I love that you framed it as an invitation. You know, because you're right, we have the option to pretend it's not happening, put a pretty bow on it or or avoid it in some way. But these situations in life invite us to to come in and be present. And I I, I resonate with you with the the loss of a parent in recent years because my mom passed in 2020 and now both my parents are gone and it, it was weird because I felt like my mom was my buffer as much as I'm a, you know, full grown adult. I always thought, you know, push comes to shove. I can go back to mommy, you know, mommy will handle it. Mommy will fix it. There's no more mommy to fix it. At least not in the way I'm used to, you know, she, as an elder ancestor, she might send a message some other way, but, but it's not the same. You know, I, I am now the adult and that's a weird thing for me to think of sometimes because <laughs> I don't feel adult, but I'm recognizing for me, being an adult is leaning into what needs to be done. And that's not always easy, you know? Yeah. And and I, I appreciate what you and Marisol have shared about learning to be with the dissonance, learning to be in the, like to face, acknowledge the pain. You're not, you're not seeking it out, like you said, in a masochistic way, but it's like, to me, it sounds like a full, a sense of being, of fully acknowledging, of being present. Like, you know, you can't do anything. You can't, res I don't even know if the resolution is the word I'm looking for. I think, like, I cannot address my work of healing if I don't allow myself to be fully present. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, um, AMTA, um, the American Music Therapy Association, you can cut this out if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. For what I want to say, when I talk about even Black women as God, I, I think about it more of the divinity that is revealed in our living, right? I want to kind of note that because I, I know that that's an interesting concept for most. Mm -hmm. um, but also, when I think about AMTA, I think about, you know, this real reality, like collectively, and this is not only for not only for music therapists, but I think we can see this across organizations and thinking about music and health in general, in, in general forms, like, as we come to this place of structuring our identities as a collective being, right? Our collective mother has been the American Music Therapy Association. And now that it is not able to meet its needs or suit, you know, be present with us, we have collectively, ha we have to grow up. Mm. Some people have walked away a little bit earlier. Some people have, you know, but this actually gives us an opportunity to actually 
grow up in the fullness of who we need to be yes. and, and not, and not, you know, lay suckling at, 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 at waiting for something to change. And so it's like, what is the change that you want to be? What is the change that you, you can be? And I think I, 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 I do honor and I think I'm thankful to talk about even this space as you have Nisamu about this space as a ritual space, as a possibility space, because even with the Black Music Therapy Network, like it was the, it was it was created not because we knew something was going to happen if we came together, like didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but we knew that we had to be together in order for something to occur. And mm -hmm. once we got together in a room and create the ritual of being together, something would transform. And so I just, I just want to kind of acknowledge that, that reality that, you know, as we even endeavor to go into these spaces into what is considered professional space and how that can actually limit us and constrict us and like how do we move beyond those spaces but then also recognize that our identities don't necessarily have to be tied to it and so like that goes back to the times where i used i remember I, going through um music therapy as a profession and talking about you know the colonialism of that too but music therapy like i remember when i was you know, just starting out in music therapy, I would always, you know, you know, there was there's a point where you have a conversion story that everyone started to share. Like I was once was lost and then I found music therapy and now I'm free. And I have never experienced music in these ways ever in my whole life. And now I'm here to to spread the gospel or the spread the message of music therapy in all these different spaces. And I'm like, it got to a point where I was in a room and I think it was probably in a room with you know a non a non black music therapy network room and then a, and, a, and then a black music therapy room and one room where everyone was like saying the same story and i was about to say the same kind of thing and i was like have i never been in music before like why am i saying that like why am i acting like i was once i was lost without music therapy as a profession like have i not had like this is not this didn't start here in grad school like my musical being, my existence, the ways in which I understand that has come from my mother, my mother's mother, my mother's mother's mother, you know, mm -hmm. being in these different spaces. And so, you know, how we draw in things, how we find humor, how we find joy, all that has come from places beyond us. Mm -hmm. And so it's like to think about how we are a part of and then kind of socialize to be in this space. To, to, to go through this journey of individuation, rapprochement, all those different things, those words that we can use to, to phrase, you know, our development into an adult in that space. And then also thinking on the other side, I've been here. <laughs> I've been, I might, there might be deepening and expansion that that's needed in, in understanding Black Indigenous practices and how it's going to function in my role as healer outside of my role as therapist, because not all therapists heal. And you know, so it's like, how do I find my realities in that? And how do I nurture that too? It's like to be able to separate that and hold those realities as two things that you're living in. This is where like, cause I'm mindful of time, you know? And our, I know, right, look at us over the hour already. But I wanna give us a couple of minutes just to like sit with, cause this feels almost like a full circle moment right now. You know, that we started with this sort of recognition of the impact of white supremacy and oppression systemically colonialism on our minds on our bodies and we've come in sort of a spiral of sorts 
taking that in all the way down into the profession of music therapy and also all the way down into our own personal senses of our roles and realities in this world. And there's a tremendous transformative point, I think, that we're at now to sit with in our own spaces, but also to take a moment to, to acknowledge or name anything that is resonating with you. And this is for anybody in this space, you know, um, what is resonating for you and what are you going to take from here into the rest of your day, week, month, life. Mm, in the chat, I can read healing happens in community. Yes, Janae, thank you. Healing happens in community. What I'm sitting with now, can I, can I? Please. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much aware that I am pretty much in this, these parts of the world the sole the sole black music therapist male uh, male and, and and so i'm quite aware now that how many of particularly black and young music therapists who are, who are looking for elders yeah. in the profession and, uh, and it's a very painful thought to hold mm. we're talking about the dissonance right that's us. Well, I feel exactly what you were saying there, Adenike, this idea of thinking of myself as an elder, yeah. even within the, the profession. I don't want to. I, I really don't want to think of myself as an elder. And yet there's, for a lot of young and upcoming, interesting and interested music therapists who are of my skin color, who come from probably uh, the, the background that I, I share, they're looking for elders in the field. <laughs> I, I wonder if I could just share just one thing just on that. I just had this really interesting moment at the regional music therapy conference when there was a black music therapy gathering. And I think it was the first time that I felt like I didn't, my caretakers weren't there and then I was somehow in the elder position and it was really weird and I missed, you know, the, the folks who are in this space right now who I've looked up to who've been the people who've opened up my mind in so many ways and it was what you're saying is, is articulating a feeling I had of like, oh, I'm, I'm the elder now, I'm the person with experience, I'm the one who maybe could offer care and it's, it's both like such an honor and it's really it's really scary, but I resonate with what you're offering. Yeah. Thank you, Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Reading in the chat from Jennifer Hicks, the complexity of my relationship with dissonance in and out of music in positions of power as a music therapist where I feel some sense of control over the container within which the dissonance can be explored versus in relationships with colleagues and friends and family members where I feel so very much more vulnerable. Yeah. How many of us can sit with that? How many of us need to sit with that? Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for that, Jen. I think I'm I'm taking Nsalvo's invitation to lean in, you know, like to lean into the dissonance, whether it's in the music, in the creation of the music, in the conversations I have with people or just, you know, larger aspects of life. Like, I don't have to run from it. I can choose to, but I don't have to run from it. You know, I can lean into it, be present. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what will happen. It, it may or may not consume me. I don't know. It, it, it may be something I can very successfully navigate, but I won't know until I lean in. So mm -hmm. leaning in. This is, um, this is making me think of possible future events. Because some of some of you I've talked to about wanting to be more intentional about cultivating space for ritual. Uh, and I'm feeling a call towards a ritual of dissonance. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go. But if anybody else in this space wants to come along, y'all are you're you're the community, right? Folks here are in the Patreon, you're in the in the the Black Music Therapy Network course, you're in the the Black Creative Healing Discord space. Uh, I'm gonna be coming to you with this idea to expand it. Yeah. So I think that feels like a place that we can go and need to go. And how dissonance is connected to resistance, necessary yes. resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just one last point, sorry. I just noticed what I was doing as I was speaking. I was as leaning in, I, I, I found myself actually leaning in, but not only that, there's also rocking and, mm -hmm. and rocking is also comforting. So mm -hmm. I, I get this. So what came for me from that sensation was, as I lean in and there's rocking, rock the comfort of rocking reminds me that I'm not alone. Cause mm. you know, you, you start the first experience of being rocked, I would have had is being rocked in a caretaker's arms, you know? So the rocking and the leaning, I don't have to be alone in the dissonance. Mm -hmm. And serendipitously, Aaliyah put in the chat, Aaliyah Oliver, I'm thinking about remembrance and the knowledge that bodies hold before and after the mind understands it. Yeah. Our bodies are moving and containing and expanding on understandings that our brains may not even be aware of. So with that, I want to bring it back to, to Marisol and, and Samu with a sort of closing invitation. Any final thoughts that feel like they need sharing before we go from this space? I, I think I, uh, uh, I need to just mention that I feel a lot better now that I did an hour ago. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I feel contained and I feel held just by being here, by sharing this space and sharing the stories. 
<laughs> whatever it is, there's something about the sharing of these kind of stories that almost leave me feeling that I'm, yeah, I, I'm not going crazy. <laughs> You're not going crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even if you were, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. Here. yeah. yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. See exactly you. that. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm seen, yeah. seen in, in my struggles and my emotional uh, turmoil and, 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 and all those struggles that come in the body, in the mind, in the heart, right? turmoil that can be in the world. And with this, with this opening, I might just be able to see where life is growing, you know, um, just be able to see where, where it is happening, where there is delight. Um, maybe from here, I'll go and have a glass of water just to celebrate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think for me right now, the word that came to my spirit was tending, like, tending and and the intentionality around tending like thinking about you know how how often are we tending to you know our body in these spaces yes here but you know as nisami you grab that glass of water <laughs> that is an act of tending right yeah as we come in contact with each other in different spaces that's an act of tending as i talk to my sister to, later on today that would be an act of tending mm. and and if we can reframe them as, you know, from, you know, how it, it's typically thought, like when we come together, you know, sometimes there's, it's been, it can be framed as, you know, we've, we've framed it as storytelling of honoring and all those things, but it can also sometimes our socialization can hold it as complaining um, or, or, you know, it, it, there could be different words that we use that play, place a pejorative frame on what we it is that we do to tend and so i just in my spirit right now i just want to offer that word um so as we do different acts throughout the day um as we engage with you know our people our communities and different rituals just to be thinking of the necessary work of tending um, and that labor and also the joy of that yeah that duality, right? That holding. Thank you both so much. And thank you everyone who gave of your time and your energy to be in this space and to just share in in the ritual, you know, in, in what emerged. It's you know, as as you described the the gathering of of BMTN Marisol, that like we didn't know what was going to happen, but we knew something was going to happen, <laughs> and we knew that the gathering was what was needed to catalyze that something. And I'm 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 walking away feeling excited and challenged and held and yeah, the need also to tend. Um, Primarily to my bladder right now. <laughs> <laughs> my bladder needs my attention. 
but uh you know just to sort of like the the functional close to tell everyone you know stay tuned you know like i said you're all connected to us in in various community spaces and we're going to to be following up on this conversation first by sharing the recording um and then with with some polls you know um some some requests for feedback on you know not just this event but future events um and and future things that can be catalyzed by our gathering. So thank you again. I'm seeing the thanks in the chat. Um, so very grateful, says Jen Hicks. Janae says, yes, thank you. Valerie Blanc, thank you for creating the space to gather. And from Audrey, thank you for this space. I'm filled with gratitude. Thank you all very, very much. So much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Warmest of greetings and care as you go forth on your days yeah. here. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. And tending. Well, Thank you. Yes. All the tending. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Black Creative Healing is a platform dedicated to radical conversation, mindful collaboration, and holistic visioning centering Black communities. Conversations and arts-based collaborations are facilitated by Natasha Thomas and Adnike Webb in community partnership with the Black Music Therapy Network, Incorporated. We wish to extend our thanks to the Black Music Therapy Network for their input and support with the creation and promotion of these episodes, as well as all our supporters on Anchor and Patreon and followers on social media who help amplify our work and financially contribute to services for episode transcribing and other administrative needs. Special thanks to this episode's collaborators. This includes Marisol Norris and Salma Munga and all the attendees of our March 30th Healing Justice in Music Therapy discussion. You can find links to past collaborations as well as current episodes, contact details, and other information by visiting our website, www.blackcreativehealing.com.